This is episode 301, Release the Responsibility You Feel for Your Family with Julia. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this incredible community. I got to connect with many of you during our relationship course that we taught last weekend. A lot of you that signed up came and watched it live with us and participated. And I just love meeting people from this community. And those of you who invested in the recording, I'm very excited for you to go through the course because it was really awesome. And the shares that we had from couples and individuals who attended added so much value to the course. So I think you're going to love it. You can still participate. You can still get the course. Go to christinehasler.com slash relationship course. You have six months to watch the recordings and do all the exercises. And uh, both couples and singles who attended it found it really, really, really valuable. And I'm just so grateful to be able to do this work with my husband and to share so many of the things that uh, have made our relationship really thrive. And it's one of the things I'm most grateful for in my life. So Thank you again to all those who attended and to all my new listeners. Welcome every Wednesday. There's an episode where you hear me coach someone on the show. It's unscripted, unedited, unproduced. All the volunteers are volunteers. I don't know them beforehand. We get on and you hear what you hear. And then every Saturday I bring on an expert or just talk to you about something that's on my mind. And those are called coaches corners. I think you're going to really enjoy today's episode with Julia. Cause I know a lot of you can relate to feeling a pull between familial obligations and what you think you're supposed to do when it comes to your family and the role there versus your own life and what you want to pursue and what you may even call your soul's calling. So as you're listening to this coaching call with Julia, consider, are you a highly sensitive person or empath? I ask that question a lot. And did you grow up in a house where you didn't feel really understood? Did you grow up around a lot of chaos? Is there a lot of family drama or maybe workplace drama or social drama and you tend to be the anchor? You tend to be the person that calms everybody down, but then you feel drained. And finally, is there something that you really want to pursue, but you feel like you'd be betraying someone or a group of people or your family if you went and pursued it? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my session with Julia. Before we dive in, I just want to invite you to join my personal mastery group. Personal mastery is my signature course. It's a five week, but you can go at your own pace. You own the course for life development course where I teach you how to just work with yourself on the mental, emotional, behavioral, and spiritual levels. When you join master, you also get access to monthly group coaching calls with me. Those are live where you can come on, ask me a question. It's 90 minute calls that we have every month. And coming up, the reason I'm telling you about mastery now is because coming up on July 8th, we have our virtual mastery retreat day. And that's going to be a day where everyone in the mastery community is going to come together. I'm going to be taking you through exercises that aren't in the course, coaching, answering questions, doing some guided visualization with you. It's going to be an epic, epic day. That's July 8th. And so if you enroll in mastery, that's a free part of mastery. I do a retreat every year for mastery participants. And so whenever you enroll, you get access to that as well. 
So that's christinehauser.com slash mastery. Also, now that summer's here, for those of us in this part of the world, right now all my friends in Australia are rugging up this time of the year. But for those of us who are enjoying the warmer weather, well, I don't know that I enjoy the warm weather in Austin. It's not warm, it's freaking hot. But one thing that brings me joy is Third Love's limited edition summer styles with their tropical inspired colors, vacation ready designs, and breezy feelings that whisk you away to your own personal paradise. Find your happy place with Third Love's perfectly fitted bras and quality sleepwear. You know about Third Love. You've probably heard me talk about them before. They are your go-to destination for comfortable and quality everyday essentials. I love Third Love's loungewear and the bras and their underwear because everything fits well. Yeah, you can take their simple fitting room quiz, which factors in breast size, shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to find the perfect bra and underwear for you. No more awkward dressing room moments. And hey, speaking of getting dressed, if you don't like getting dressed in the morning, you don't have to. You can just wear your third love loungewear all day long, which I've definitely done. Not going to lie about that. Another thing that I really love about third love is they've donated over 40 million and gently used and returned bras to women in need supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay area and across the United States. So go to thirdlove.com, find your new everyday essentials from their all new feather lace collection to their number one 24 seven classic t-shirt bra. And when you go to thirdlove.com slash over it, you get 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash over it for 20% off today. That's T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E.com slash over it for 20% off. And now on to my conversation with Julia. Julia, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hey, Christine. So a bit of a backstory. I was a highly sensitive child in a super chaotic home where I pretty much always felt like I was walking on eggshells. And there was a lot of physical abuse from my dad. Mm -hmm. And my mom suffered from panic attacks and hoarding. Mm -hmm. So my personal relationship with my parents is pretty minimal right now. And I'm pretty hesitant to share much about my life with them. And alongside this, one of my older sisters has bipolar disorder and leans on me heavily for support. I think she's enmeshed with my parents and she also relies on them. And I have another older sister who's 10 years older than me, and she's been estranged from the family for about 10 years. So as an adult, I still feel really caught up in my family's drama that seems Mm -hmm. to constantly revolve around resentment, secrecy, lack of communication. Currently, my parents are physically separating, and I'm hearing both sides of of the anger and the tattletaling. So right now, I feel like an imposter. I feel like I'm the only one with any sort of minor self-awareness. I'm 32 now. And Mm -hmm. as I continue to grow and learn, I often feel like I just can't escape my family's chaos. And it really affects my mood and just my well-being. And I'm also pursuing acting again after years of working behind the scenes. And I feel like my family's problems are affecting how I show up in that work and my Mm. sense of worthiness. And just to end it, like right now I'm in a relationship with uh, a loving man and 
we've discussed having a family in the future, but I'm scared I might pass on this really deep rooted generational trauma and anger to any children I might have. So I guess my question is, how can I continue to grow in my own life without letting my family situation weigh me down? What do you think I'm going to say? Ah. I probably know what you're going to say. You're going to say something (laughs) about boundaries. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. What else? I mean, I've been in therapy for about five years off and on, but what keeps on coming up is this idea that I'm not responsible for for the other adults in my life. And I'm not responsible for my sister, even though she suffers from a quite serious mental illness that I'm not responsible for, you know, keeping her head up. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And all that. So yes, I'm going to talk about boundaries, but first I want to talk about why they're so hard for you. Just because you were a highly sensitive child doesn't mean it expired in childhood. It's still Hmm. there. It's still there. So you're in a phase right now where you're learning how to use your gifts why it's so hard to separate from your family, even though intellectually you understand they're not your responsibility, is because as an HSP, you're feeling everything. So it's it's like you feel what it's going to feel like for them when you separate from them. And Mm -hmm. that's hard because it's, it's, the thing about empaths and setting boundaries is that we feel the ramifications of that. And that can be really painful. So we avoid it and just kind of keep ourselves in the drama because it's like, all right, well, this is the discomfort I know and I'm familiar with. And I'm like avoiding the discomfort of what setting boundaries is really going to be like. Because the other thing is people that have a lot of drama and a lot of chaos feed into empaths. Like they plug into us. And resource mm-hmm. on – not they're not consciously doing it. Like your parents don't go, oh, our daughter's here. We're going to plug into her energy source and fill ourselves up. So she feels zapped, but we feel better when she leaves. Can you see how that's kind of happening? Yeah, I see that mostly with my sister. Yeah. Because she she dumps a lot of her stuff onto me and there's very little room for, for me in the relationship at all. Um, right. Right. So yeah. let's put the conversation about boundaries aside for a moment. And look another direction, which is you've got these amazing gifts. Amazing gifts come with being an HSP. And you're at a choice point in terms of how you want to use them. So you can use them to go in and try to be of service to your family and be there for your sister and do all that. You just have to make sure you're super resourced and taking care of yourself. Or you can use them to pursue acting, but you can't do both because there's Mm -hmm. not enough energy there. So it's sort of like, you know, if I have a certain amount of, you know, food, (laughs) I can either throw it all away or I can eat it. You know, I have options with what I want to do with that amount of food. You have that amount of energy and you have options in terms of how you want to share it. You've been using your gifts in ways that have been depleting you. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I can. And you have this massive call and desire to become 
an actor and step into that. And oh my gosh, aren't sensitive people just amazing at acting? Because you can tap into so many emotions. You can, you can feel a character, like even if the person doesn't exist except for on a script, like you can feel that. And I know you know what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about. That's one of the reasons you love it so much because it's a way to channel all that energy into a creative way rather than a way Mm -hmm. that depletes you. So right now you're channeling your gifts in a way that depletes you. And you're feeling Mm -hmm. this massive call to channel them in a way that is generative, that is creative. And then – What makes this hard is even though you have family drama and chaos and all that kind of stuff, you love them. There's still an inner child who wants it to be different. There's obligation. There's guilt. There's all that kind of stuff, which is why I'm going to remind you of something else you said, which is I don't want to pass this down. So one of the ways we break generational trauma is by, for lack of a better word, upsetting the apple cart. Hmm. One of the ways we break generational trauma is we stop playing our role in the trauma and the drama. And even though they're the ones that have chaos, can you see your part in this play? I do. I feel like I'm often used as a crutch for them. Mm -hmm. My sister thinks that I'm a way to settle my parents if they're in the same room together, that if I'm there, then everything's a little bit more settled. Right. That everything's a little bit more calm. And she she asked me the other day to be there when my dad gets his stuff out of the house. She asked me to be there. And I said, "Your move, this move is not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Because my sister is actually moving in with my dad. It's very complicated, but. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What do you get? Like, what's the payoff from your role or roles in this dynamic, the role of being the one that can come in and rescue things, the one that people count on, you know, all that kind of stuff. What's the payoff in that for you? What do you get from it? The only thing I get, I think, is the the thought of I tried. Um, at least I tried. And whatever happens, happens. And sometimes I feel like I, I can try and control it. Like I do have problems not problems, but a tendency to try and control the situation. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's really depleting and soul sucking. And I go home and I cry. Right. And then I dump onto my partner and then, you know, um, right. It just ruins the day. Here's the other thing. It can be quite scary to actually go after what we want. Like, even though you would love to be a successful actor and a mom, there's a part that's terrifying to that. Yeah. And if you stay involved in this family drama and trauma, then you have a scapegoat. Then huh. you you can't try these things and fail. Like if you were to leave this role of going in and being caretaker, pleaser, argument solver, crutch. If you're totally to leave that role and go pursue these other things, there's a chance they may not be successful. True. And they matter. So it's like, ooh, you know, I'm just going to kind of like keep having the scapegoat because it's convenient for me. I don't have to go off and do these things. And then I can never fail. Yeah, part of me thinks that eventually I'll have to take care of my sister. And you don't. You can make that agreement with her now. 
You can be like, I love you. I'll always be your sister, but I'm not going to be your caretaker. So we need to have a plan in place, whether it's assisted living or other people or, or whatever. And again, like you can choose. You can say, you know what? I actually think my life's purpose is to help my sister and to be a shining light in my family. Like that feels like my calling in life. And I'm going to shift my vibration and do my inner work and just be like a light force in my family. But to be totally honest with you, Julia, that doesn't seem like what you're saying you feel called to do. No, that's not my calling. Okay. I I just got goosebumps. You're super clear about that. And what I want to say to you is that's okay. That's okay. And I think that's the main reason you and I are talking is because – you wanted somebody to tell you, give you permission to pursue your life. And that's one of the biggest ways we break generational trauma is we pursue our authentic expression, what matters to us. We let the voice of our soul, the voice of our calling be louder than guilt, obligation, family chaos, and patterning. Yeah. I I often think about why my soul chose this family. It comes up mm-hmm. a lot. Okay, let's, let's explore that. Why do you think? I think it's to break some of the, some of the generational anger. There's a lot of anger. And I, I don't know where it's, like I'm sure it came from my parents' childhoods. And obviously they, they didn't have the best situation growing up. But I truly feel like it's to break something. Yeah. To break the pattern. Yeah. And Um, what would knowing why do for you? I think it would enforce my strength. Um, Why? Because I I do feel like I'm resilient, but I don't know where I got the resiliency from. Because it definitely wasn't taught to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think it would, you know, kind of push me towards having the freedom to go for what I want. But again, it comes, it comes with a bit of a, an obligation. So maybe it's not the right way to look at it. Yeah. Here's the thing. We can, we can explore those questions. Like why did my soul choose that this family? And we can come up with some things. Hmm. The end of the day, we don't really know. Maybe at the end of our life when we transition, We'll we'll get all the lessons and the reasons we came in for. What I do know is that we're all evolving souls and we choose family in certain circumstances to clear karma, to learn, to grow, all those kinds of things. But if we're making up things, one of the things we could make up is you really came into this life to take on the archetype of the artist and to express and to contribute through acting. And, and that's what your soul really wants to do in this life. Maybe other lifetimes you didn't get that. And you need range to be able to do that. And so your soul was like, okay, we're going to pick dad who's abusive, mom who has panic attacks hoarding, sisters that's bipolar. That's going to give her a ton of range. <laughs> and we're going to yeah. see how badly she wants it. Because she's going to have to choose herself over guilt, obligation, pattern. Yeah. And, you know, to me, often the biggest gift we can give our families is to embody 
and demonstrate what like healthy looks like, what breaking patterns looks like. Because going in and doing what you're doing now, again, you're just you're just playing a part in the play of that family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And even though somebody from the outside could look in and go, oh, Julia's is definitely the most, most healthy, it's just as unhealthy as everybody else's pattern because you're dishonoring yourself and you don't want to be doing it. Yeah. I do feel like I dishonor myself every single time I uh, somehow get involved. Yeah. And so, yes, this is a conversation about boundaries, but it's more than that. It's a conversation about really getting clear on the life that you want to live and the life that you feel is calling you and knowing that you have, like you said, I don't know where I get my strengths from. We could could even say, I don't know where I get my sensitivity from. No one else in my family Hmm. is this empathic. Or maybe they were, but they had to mute it because they didn't have the tools. But for whatever reason, this is is what you got going on. And it's like, all right, do I want to use that in a way that depletes me? Or do I want to be generative? Do I want to be creative? Do I want to channel that in? Because it, you know, especially being highly sensitive, that's, that's a gift. It's, it's a trait, but it's a gift. And it comes with, it can be a liability or an asset depending on how we use it. And, and you're at that choice point. So yes, boundaries are included in that, but I want to give you an even bigger why of why you're doing this. And it doesn't mean you don't love them. In fact, getting, not playing your role gives them the biggest chance to get out of their roles. And breaking generational pattern can often look from the outside as mean or selfish. But what we're really doing is if we take our role out of the play, if we take our part out of the play, everybody else's parts have to change. Mm -hmm. That's true. I do see when I change my behavior, I do notice a little bit of change in behavior in my parents, Mm -hmm. whether it's you know, just being a listener or a good communicator, everything that they lack. Yep. Right. How do I not feel just depleted? Like boundaries say no. And it's great that when you do things, you see a shift in your parents. That's, that's like cherry on top, but that's never our intention, right? We never want to get attached to that because then we're, we're in, we're still in like a dynamic that keeps us hooked in. Let it be a pleasant surprise yeah. when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, how you don't feel depleted is one, pursuing your life, doing things that are creative and generative, and two, having the boundaries and reminding yourself, and especially that's that inner child work of like telling little Julia, it's okay. It's not your fault. Like it's not your responsibility. Because I know you know it mentally, but the little girl in there who doesn't want it, because the little girl doesn't want to be added from the family because she still needs the family. The adult in you doesn't, but that's where you get confused because it's like, wait a second, I want to be out of this, but why, why am I still hooked in? Because there's still a little girl in there who thinks she needs the family and keeps waiting for it to change. So you got to mm-hmm. bring her into your life and say, hey, little Julia, guess what? You're coming into my life. And we're going to do fun things and we're going to create a family of our own and we can still love mom, dad, sister. And like, this is where we are now. So come on. 
bring her into your life now. Yeah. Ugh. What's present for you now? I feel a bit sad. Yeah. Just, ugh, yeah, just thinking about my sisters and yeah, how hard it was for them too growing up. Yeah. And now I'm in a position where I have to be, I, I felt in the past, like I'm the oldest, like right. I'm bearing this and there's right. a 10 year difference between us. Yeah. And yeah, but it's true. I do need to channel that energy, um, in more productive ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know to a lot of people listening, what I'm saying may sound cold, but the way you're interacting with sister and parents is, is a little codependent. It is, and I don't like using labels, but it, it, it just sums it up nicely. And if you really start living differently and your sister especially sees that, that again, we teach the most through our actions and our embodiment and our energy. Mm-hmm. And, and right now by being a crutch, it's like you're, you're not helping her be her best self. Right. I'd rather have you be a resource and an example than a crutch. And Mm -hmm. the sadness, my love, is super understandable. And I think there's some grieving to do. Because you didn't really get the family of your dreams. So you grieve that. And someday, if you choose, you can create a family of your own. But right now you've got, you've got some stuff to grieve and that's okay. Give yourself the time and space for that. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. Does this help? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want it to be a weight like a, I, I don't want it to be a weight anymore that I carry around. I hear you. I hear you. And my suspicion is as you work through this, as you grieve, as you keep moving through your own journey, your own development, you will get to such a place of compassion and acceptance with them that you'll feel more peace when it comes to your family. I'm not asking you to shut them out and cut them off or anything like that. I'm asking you to have your own boundaries, prioritize yourself, grieve what you didn't have, process any feelings you have around that. Maybe you have some stronger boundaries in a period of separation, but it doesn't mean you ever have to stop loving them. You just have to stop the caretaking. Yeah. No, that's definitely what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to cut ties. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Yeah. Right. You're, you're actually cutting energetic ties. <laughs> yeah, but you're, in, yeah. Yeah but you're not cutting them off. We're not talking about putting up a barrier, We're talking about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. It's my pleasure. I'm really grateful to you, Julia, for bringing up such an important topic. And before I talk the specifics about this call, I just want to go broad for a moment because Julia brought something up that I see so often, which is a conflict between what I would call like the inner child and the soul. You see in Julia's situation, I know a lot of you can probably relate to this, the 
inner child part of her, the part that is connected to her family, the part that wants to be loved and accepted by her family and wants all the drama to end and wants everybody to be okay, is in conflict with the part of her that wants to go and live her own life and wants to pursue acting and wants to set better boundaries and and let them figure things out for themselves. And many of us experience this conflict, especially if we are here to break generational patterns because we come into a family and there's conditioning and there's patterns and there's a way of being. And part of our soul's IntelliKey and part of our journey is to not repeat it. But it is tricky because there's an inner child piece that still wants to be loved and accepted by that family, which is why it can feel so hard. And we, we love that family. So it can feel so hard and it can feel like such a betrayal to go and do our own thing. But for Julia, this is a must. You know, she's at such a crossroads where she sees herself still being called in to family things and her sister still really needs her. And, you know, I asked her, you have a choice. Do you really want to be that person for your family and be really involved and and be that light worker within the family? Or do you want to go and pursue your dreams? And ultimately, maybe it doesn't have to be an either or. But right now, because she's only got so much time and so much energy, she's got some choices to make. And from what she said and what I felt and the way she responded to questions, this desire to go and pursue acting and pursue what she really loves is so heartfelt, so heartfelt and so important to her. And if she doesn't, then she's going to have regret. And she may end up resenting her family, which is the last thing that she wants to do. And she asked that question, you know, why did my soul choose this family? And like I said to Julia, we can pontificate, we can make up stuff. Ultimately, we don't know. We don't, we, there's so much we don't know. But one thing that I feel confident saying is that we often come into families and family systems to break generational patterns. And I would say that, you know, her mom, maybe even her dad, like who knows, they might've been highly sensitive kids too, but their gifts just got squashed and squashed and squashed. And so mom end up, ends up with panic attacks and hoarding. Dad ends up abusive. Who knows? He could have been abused. And she might come from a long lineage of sensitive people that whose gifts were not nurtured, whose gifts were not understood. And so they had to adopt other coping strategies and those gifts were just continued to be squashed. And Julia is the one that's really stepping into her gifts. <laughs> and speaking of gifts, I'm recording this and this is my only time to record it. And Steph is upstairs leading a big breathwork anger release. And I <laughs> have the door closed and I tried to time this correctly, but clearly I didn't. So if you can hear my husband yelling in the background, he's not really yelling, he's just talking loudly. He's leading a breathwork anger release session right now. So speaking of stepping into his gifts, he's up there stepping into his gifts. I'm here doing this, stepping into my gifts. And Julia is doing what she needs to do to step into her gifts. And from the question of why did my soul choose this family? Well, maybe she's the one to carry on the lineage of being highly sensitive and learning how to channel those gifts. And we talked about how we all have gifts and we we all have different degrees of sensitivities and we can either use our gifts in a generative, creative way, or we can use them in a depleting way. 
And when she's going in and trying to be responsible for her family, she's using them in a depleting way. So her growth opportunity is to really use these in a generative way and to let go of this responsibility and obligation she feels for family. So some takeaways for you. Do you relate to being a highly sensitive person? And the gifts that come with that, are you using it in generative, creative ways? Or are you using that in depleting ways? Are you in a situation where you're taking over responsibility for your family and you're in that conflict between what the inner child wants and what the soul wants. And really the only way to resolve that conflict is to help the inner child grieve the family that she or he never really got, really listen and bring the inner child into the soul, into the self. Say, hey, you can come along with me in this life. Like this is where we are now. This is where we're headed. And finally, make make a list or just consider what are the generational patterns that you are breaking in your family? They could be subtle or they could be big. And how are you allowing maybe responsibility or obligation or expectation to get in the way of breaking those patterns? And finally, you know, a lot of times I my coaching may seem harsh. I, I may sound like I'm telling people not to be kind to their family or to separate from family, and that's never where I'm coming from. I have just seen over and over again when I see people sacrifice themselves, not living their truth for family, it just leads to resentment and it doesn't improve the quality of relationship. I've seen when people with love and kindness honor their soul, don't come from guilt and obligation, let their family figure things out for themselves. Most of the time, that's what leads to forgiveness. That's what leads to a better relationship. And often, not always, but often by one person in a family waking up rather than being responsible for others and overstepping boundaries, other people in the family start to wake up as well. So I hope that you found this episode valuable. I hope you got a kick out of Stefanos yelling in the background. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to hear him, but hey, this is raw. This is authentic. That's one of my intentions with my podcast is I have never tried to make it perfect. I've always wanted it to be real. And Hey, you know, if you're interested in doing some breath work with us, we actually have a breath work and meditation course. It's eight tracks, eight different tracks of a breath work track, and then a meditation track. And one of them is where Steph guides you through an anger release, which is one of the things you heard him doing upstairs as I was recording that. You can go to christinehasler.com slash breathwork. It's an awesome, it's an awesome track of really incredible breathwork sessions. And then I follow the breathwork sessions up with meditation and you can do the breathwork alone or the meditation alone. You can do with or without music. It's really awesome value and we're getting awesome feedback from it. So again, it's christinehasler.com slash breathwork. All right, everyone, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 